Hello, everybody. This is Andre, and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest for today is Jeroen, the co-founder of Salesflare, the most popular CRM on both Product Hunt and AppSumo. And today, amongst many other things, we'll discuss how marketing has been a catalyst for business growth in all the ventures that Jeroen has been involved with as both a marketer and an entrepreneur. So without further ado, hi, Jeroen. How are you? How's everything going? How's the day? <laughs> I'm doing fine. You? It's a... Uh, it's, uh... Today, uh, I mean, we always work from home. Uh, the only thing that changes, sort of, is the weather. Today, the weather is good. So, <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, so, a bit of sun, uh, bright sky. So, couldn't couldn't complain. Mm-hmm. Super. So, I'm really excited for us to uh, to get going. It's been a while since we had a soft, sort of software focused episode, and I think uh, you know our listeners. I know some of you guys have been missing this. So, I'm really excited because here we have a very nice uh, case study and success story. And also, apart from Salesflare, I think your only it's okay to you with you as well. We can dive into some other stories and success stories slash case studies from your experience. Yeah. So that we can assess you know marketing in the context of small and medium-sized businesses as well as scale-up and then also what's been changing, what's new, what are you guys doing and planning for this year, mixing Sounds marketing good. and sales. So let's, uh, let's go. Let's, let's go start with your, with your background maybe, just so that people can get to know you a bit better. Yeah, in very short, um, my first um, experience in entrepreneurship was when I was 15, 16, building websites. That was amazing. I felt like I was creating stuff for people and I would get some stuff in return. Not much. I was young and for me, it seemed like a lot, but it, it was absolutely nothing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I then spent some time also um, selling cell phones, um, doing basically some arbitrage. I would I would buy them either in the UK or in Germany and then and then resell them at a higher price in, um, in, um, in Belgium, mm-hmm. which is where I'm based. That was while I was a student. It was a, it was a nice hobby. Uh, and I made a little bit of money. It seemed like a lot of money to me at the time. But again, it's uh, almost nothing. Um, I studied engineering um, because my my dad is an engineer. And basically, I was completely raised like that. Uh, I considered computer engineering, but didn't do that then because it just seemed a bit nerdy. Um, I ended up doing electron. Uh, electronical engineering together with uh, business and then moved into biomedical, which was a whole new thing to explore, like way beyond all the stuff I learned or medical courses. It also felt like I could actually make an impact, like go into healthcare instead of telecom or energy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, not that these things don't have impact. (laughs) Don't understand me well, but it just felt like this extra thing, you know, healthcare. Uh, helping other people be healthy. It's its uh, something that I'm still quite passionate about, even though I'm not working in healthcare now. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied business school because I didn't really want to take an engineering job. I want to do something more with customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up in a marketing role after business school, which is funny. I mean, studying engineering and my first job is in marketing. Um I was basically like a junior product manager, you could say, and they call it marketing specialist. Um, I was responsible for vaccines. That was my junior product management uh, position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was supporting two other product managers with their more shitty tasks. Um, really, I thought what I was going to do was put products in the markets. What it ended up to be was me making brochures 
and uh, teaching the sales team how to use them. It was not at all uh, like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of uh, um, expectations, reality kind of things. It was, uh, it was very much that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for, I think, well, six months. I was, I was, I was, I was about to give up, but I think I found another job at eight months, and at ten months I was gone. Mm-hmm. I joined uh, a company which was way more exciting. Basically, what I found out when I started uh, in pharma was nobody knew anything about websites. I did, and I sort of felt like I knew pharma marketing also after some months. Uh, it, I, I thought it's not too complex. Um, so I figured I'm going to start my own um, agency for pharma companies. Mm-hmm. And then I had dinner with a with a guy which I knew knew some stuff about that, but I didn't know that he basically uh, took my idea to a whole other level uh, yeah. and included things like market research and strategy and impact measurement and much bigger than just building websites. And um, he offered to join them because he said, "Well, you're too young; nobody's going to believe you, or uh, and we'll teach you everything." So I. Yeah, accepted that offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up working there for four years, um, and I learned a lot in that role, way more than I learned uh, anywhere else. I think mm-hmm. um, I was basically listening to what mostly big pharma companies, but also some bigger biotech uh, companies wanted to do in their marketing, mm-hmm. and then I would come up with solutions. Usually, sort of digital, um, starting with very simple websites and a little campaign around it to actually, uh, I think the biggest project I sold was, was around half a million. It was, uh, replacing a sales force on, um, on two products for a year with uh, a full scale multi-channel marketing campaign, um, really targeting the doctors in all kinds of different ways so that the products would just stay top of mind. So mm-hmm. it's kind of quite old products that if the doctor just keeps the product top of mind, they keep prescribing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I always knew I wanted to start my own company. I had a bunch of tries. I can go into all of them in detail, but it, it probably will, will take us uh, too far. Um, and... The most important thing to take away from there is like, if you're listening and, and you feel the same, is to just get started. I failed uh, a bunch of times, uh, but each time I learned and I took something away from it and it helped me towards the next uh, time. And I also met people along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, for instance, my co-founder, um, I met along that way. And... At some point, we ended up uh, working together on his company. Basically, I was helping him with the marketing and sales. And um, make a long story short, uh, we had a lot of leads that we got at a conference. We wanted to follow those all up. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't find any tool that worked. We looked at lots of CRMs. But what we saw is that none of them really stuck with us. We always gave up. And we figured that it was because it was just the expectations that these CRMs were were imposing on us on um, on the amount of work we had to do before they became useful was so high that we just couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figured that actually what we were doing was avoidable. 
uh, we were taking information from one digital system, like our emails, our calendar, our phone, uh, email signatures, whatever, it's all kind of things. And then you you take that and just start copy pasting it into a CRM. And every time you something happens, you have that reflex of putting it in the CRM. Mm-hmm. We figured that that was sort of dumb um, and that we could automate that, that we could build a system that, that does that for us, uh, that gives us an insight into all of the information we have in all the different systems around the customer, like uh, not just their address book level stuff, but uh, like, uh, uh, did we exchange emails? What are these emails, meetings, calls, uh, email opens, email clicks, website visits, files we exchanged, what they say on social media, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we built a system that does that, which is Salesflare today, um, which after a small road of uh, <laughs> trying out stuff, we found out that it uh, fits best for small and medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we focus on B2B to keep it simple um, because if you if you try to serve too many types of clients, your software becomes sort of fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it was a, a very long story, very short. So basically, uh, you started and you met your co-founder during your time at uh, Doctora when you were there, a founder, right? No, I was Explore Plus. It's uh, oh. the other thing on my LinkedIn profile. So oh, Doctora okay. is one of one of my companies that failed. Um, I is this, the entity is still there, mm-hmm. uh, and I use it for sort of consulting purposes. Like uh, it's my personal where I organize my uh, finances, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but that company failed uh, due to a lack of of proper business model. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So anyway, uh, Salesflare is where I wanted us to get to, <laughs> mostly because this this actually was a success. So uh, you know, it would be very interesting to to dive a bit into your journey when you were starting out, when you had to launch the business. Uh, obviously, this goes a bit back. So looking at the way that marketing was done at that time, uh, and the way that you know your competition was looking like. And you know the market overall. How did you think about launching it when you implemented your first campaigns, like your first lead generation campaigns or your sales activity to get yeah. customers? Um, what we focused on a lot initially um, was one PR. Uh, it's just because you know you see all this kind of PR going on, like companies coming in the press and and uh, coming big. I mean that's the impression you have. So we thought, oh, that's the way. Um, I must say that we did get actually our first customers and a few after that. We got through PR because they read about what we were trying to do somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, they approached us and said, this is interesting. This is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our customers after that came through more, uh, more of a sales approach, mm-hmm. very heavy sales approach. Um, starting from our own network, but then diverging from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we tried all kinds of stuff in the beginning. Like we started off with just um, going around to everyone who wanted to hear, just having meetings, just mm-hmm. it was very random. Then I uh, went back and started doing customer interviews, mm-hmm. uh, which was way more systematic, where I would also ask at the end of each interview, who else they knew that I could interview, which was a good way of expanding the network. Mm-hmm. 
then um yeah we were in a startup community and we did a whole lot of networking there so we would pick up uh contacts here and there and then through them go to others we did that for a long while um while we were still sort of searching who Salesforce appealed to, first of all, and we were still also developing our products to a level that people uh, wanted to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, a quite a, a long and painful journey, but one that I do believe you have to go through um, and that you can't just start marketing to the masses and just throwing a trial online and see what happens. I think when you really go with customers through this kind of journeys in a very uh, hands-on way, mm-hmm. that's when you really learn how things work, what these people care about, why it is they choose you, why they go away from the other thing, what's going wrong in your onboarding, uh, all these kind of things on which you can then later build your marketing, um, which which then basically means that you're you're making the whole thing not necessarily more effective but more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to spend that much energy anymore to make it all run. So basically, it was a freemium in the beginning, and uh, you were offering it to as many people as possible in order to get, um, you know, reviews and feedback, right? No, uh, we we did offer freemium at some moments, but that was not very public. So chances are that you have never seen that. Uh, we tested that. Mm-hmm. And just in the initial stages, we were trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. We had a price on the site and all. Um, but we would often uh, get people on prolonged trials or um, we would have student organizations using it for free or all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably should have made it free first. I don't know. It's uh, something I'd wonder if, I, if I'd start again, but... Uh, because the first step is is trying to see uh, how you can get people to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really an essential first step after which you can you can get to, okay, how do we now get the thing that is used to a level that people are willing to pay for it as well? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fact that we didn't give so much free access to it in the beginning sort of... Um, made that we, we had to take a little bit more time to get people to use it. It took quite a bit before the, the first enthusiastic user apart from me appeared. Um, I think that was probably about six months after we started developing or maybe seven or so. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about a, a year and a month or so after we started developing that we actually got the first person who also wanted to pay for it. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay, so basically, uh, going back to your journey uh, with the company, so you guys um, made the product first and then you understood where to position it and how to basically sell it best, what was important to the people that were your ideal customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what was, uh, I mean, what did it take in terms of marketing and also the way that you were promoting the product and the adoption so that you guys could get to, you know, the most popular product on uh, Product Hunt or on AppSumo and all, getting all this increase in the number of users as well as attention and expansion in terms of geographies as well? You could say that it's the one thing sort of building up onto the other and we didn't really... Um, we didn't really like go all out or something. Uh, so like I said, for a long time, I was doing sales, sales and customer support and really trying to 
trying to nail that before we even started even thinking about blogging. I think we didn't blog until um, end of 2016, which is two years in. Uh, but for us, uh, I think we didn't start marketing and like really like putting time in that until we were like 20 or 30 customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started with, uh, we did some blogging and all, but that's, that builds up slowly. We, we tried to get some, um, some quicker things going. I remember at the time, uh, for instance, Quora was still working well, like mm-hmm. writing a lot of stuff on Quora. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's not really super effective anymore. And then we, we built towards that big product hunt launch mm-hmm. at which point we had sort of built a community already from customers and from, uh, people that we started to get involved with our content marketing. Mm-hmm. And we were also involved in Facebook groups, which also helped us a lot. Um, and then from that product hunt launch, this showed that there was interest, which made that AppSumo then also got interested because they 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 honestly didn't believe that they could launch a CRM successfully. Uh, they were staying away from that. They were like, oh, we tried it at some point, but you know, it's not really uh, something that we see succeeding. Mm-hmm. We convinced them um, by being successful on product hunt that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And then from there, that became successful. Um, and actually, from both of those, we sort of upped our scale quickly, um, especially from the, the Absumo launch, uh, which made that very quickly we had a much bigger um, community or army of fans mm-hmm. uh, that could push us to the next level. Because when you think about um, what makes us successful? It's it's the word of mouth. It's how well we score on review sites. Mm-hmm. It's um, being perceived as one of the the um, the more interesting players out there and appearing on lists and all that. It's not because we we spend a ton on paid uh, advertising. Mm-hmm. But we we don't have the money, and if we did. Uh, we wouldn't be able to outbid some of the others out there. So um, we all grow on, based on more organic things. So the, the 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 channel I would add after the ones I already mentioned is probably content marketing. Mm-hmm. But that's a way slower thing um, to, to build up. Um, there isn't often an article that I write that, that already properly ranks within six months. Uh, the ones that rank in six months are, the, are really the, the top ones. Uh, it's more like nine months uh, that 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 they usually start performing. So it's, it's a very very slow sort of process, especially when you uh, when you when you do this on a on a continuous basis. Mm-hmm. I was actually about to ask you because uh, in your niche, you guys have like the massive giants with massive giant budgets that are investing, <laughs> and I I mean uh, I'm trying to recall the costs per click. But for example, I know that in the UK it was over I think it was over twenty pounds per click. For you know CRM software and these types of keyword searches, definitely. So, so it's a very, very big, uh, big, and obviously you need big, big amounts to get competitive there. Um, okay, so yeah, content marketing. Uh, the SEO is actually one thing that is recurring in many discussions that we had on the podcast as well. Uh, when looking at ways to uh, gain visibility online without having to pay ex- 
exorbitant enormous amount of money uh, to get there. So basically, if we were to look at your growth um, and the marketing things that were really, really uh, impactful for you or marketing activities, it was first successfully launching Product Hunt and then off the back of that, starting to build a community and spreading this word of mouth more and more, right? Yeah, you could say so, but then you're you're of course ignoring all the work that happened before that and in between it and <laughs> it's, sure, uh, sure. I'm yeah, just trying it's to pinpoint a... some some uh you know some key stages in the journey. So yeah, that, yeah, you know, so so our listeners can identify themselves with one of these stages and then maybe get a bit of inspiration in terms of what might be Yeah, definitely. No, no, I just that. want to avoid that people think like uh they launched on, on TechCrunch and uh, lived happily ever after sort of story. And then they were big and you know, it all happened. Uh, that's, that's almost never how it happens. So, uh, but we are, we are led to believe that how it happens. And actually that, that affected our thinking in the beginning very much as well. Uh, so it's really uh, dangerous uh, when you go in with wrong expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were definitely some of the pivotal moments. Yeah. From there, it's, it's been a, uh, a lot of hard work growing that, um, n- not without any major, major inflection points. Mm-hmm. Like okay. It's, uh, month by month, just adding, 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 adding. Mm-hmm. So how's the marketing uh, planning looking for this year? What are you guys focusing on and where do you expect most results to, to come from? Yeah, so we keep focusing on SEO. Um, we go, are going to be actively looking for backlinks now. Something is something we have never done. Mm-hmm. Uh, was more reactive. Um, we are um, going to keep focusing. Something we started last year is really being um, visible outside our own audience mm-hmm. uh, by being in lots of different places. On on this podcast, for instance, uh, speaking engagements, uh, all kinds of different partnership possibilities, something we focus on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, let me pop it up perhaps uh, because we've uh, actually just um, decided on it and we finalized it last week. So presented it to the team. And, um, yeah, we're probably going to revamp the website. We see a lot of um, possibility there. It's, it's, starting to become a bit outdated and we could do way better. Uh, like our, 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 our website is probably most behind of, of everything we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely behind on our application. Um, we're also getting uh, in, in more and more CRM listings. Mm-hmm. It's another way of being visible outside your network, but more of the uh, Google traffic wise, it's a, it's a good thing to focus on. And then it's, it's in general, we try to do uh, growth improvements, we call it, on a consistent basis. So we have our funnel and we look at where we could uh, improve things. And it's really then identifying these places and thinking, okay, how can we tweak this, make it better, increase the conversion, make people stick longer, convince people better, and then do these experiments and see how they turn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think experimenting is a very good tactic when you when you tackle these kinds of situations. So, uh, looking at, for example, the paid ads type of, uh, you know, like this this aspect, are you planning any paid experiments or just focusing solely on organic? Uh, we have in our plans to look at it again, but I doubt that we'll find anything. At least, um, let's say, 
paid outbounds, if that makes sense, like uh, ads that uh, attract people that are not necessarily searching. Mm-hmm. Um, I see very little possibility there personally, but we, we keep looking, right? Uh, <laughs> we're not going to close our eyes, but um, it's mainly attracting more of the people that are searching. There's uh, still potentially possibilities, but it, you need to look a bit further than just Google AdWords because as you mentioned, the, the pay-per-click uh, rates there are just way too high. Some of our competitors um, charge way more while it might not seem at first, uh, in the end, they earn 10 times more on a customer than we do. Mm-hmm. So they can easily outbid us, um, which then means that I mean, there's, there, there isn't really a place for us in these places. Mm-hmm. Yet. Soon enough. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So now, uh, because I know um, you you need to get into a very important meeting soon. So just to to be able to sum up and also draw some actionable insights for our listeners, um, what would you say is uh, or are uh, three very important lessons or things that our listeners, being on the same kind of journey, should be looking at uh, in order to ensure the biggest chances of success. And this can be practical things or more uh, things within the organization, things to do, to do with marketing. Yeah, um, I would say uh, first one, uh, something that we mentioned a few times is uh, taking it step by step, seeing where you are in the journey and then taking the next step mm-hmm. rather than trying to uh, nail it all from the start, like have a marketing plan and then roll it all out and then see it fail. I mean... <laughs> Uh, rather uh, try to learn and learn and, and go further. Um, experimenting there is is important, but it's it's equally important to just have a clear understanding of where you are in that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, um, I think thinking from the perspective of your audience, like how does your audience uh look for you how would they like to get in touch with you what is it that they are would be triggered by what is it that they are are needing um if you think from that direction it makes it so much easier um to find the right marketing channels and approaches uh rather than to try to um push something through or you or use a huge bazooka or you know um, and uh, you were asking for three learnings, right? Um, I think, and it's something I didn't mention yet. Um, our marketing is also only successful because of what we do afterwards. Um, it goes beyond just attracting these people. Um, we try to build very close relationships. Uh, with customers in a, in, a, in a number of different ways, uh, deliver great service, deliver a great product, and that's a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only by doing these things that you can make marketing actually work without having tons of VC money. If you have tons of VC money, you can have a, a crappy product, crappy service, launch a million of ads which are not necessarily profitable and show growth and then raise the next round. If you're not in that scenario, then you need to take things the more sustainable way, uh, the more holistic uh, way. Uh, so just to say, it's 
your your success in marketing is in that case also going to be defined by by your 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 full growth approach rather than just a, a customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay, super. This was insightful. So now, just wrapping up. Finally, um, I know we have some people here that would are using CRMs and they would find uh, discovering you very useful for them. So uh, just as an invitation to, you know, try out the software or to maybe link up to you, get in touch with you uh, for partnerships as well as maybe other, like maybe other uh, opportunities, where can people best uh, link up with you? And also who would be the people that would benefit most from your software? Yeah. Um, People who benefit most from our software uh, is small and medium-sized B2B companies that are looking to organize their sales in a better way. Uh, either they're using uh, a sheet or absolutely nothing, or they have a CRM but nobody uses it, uh, or it, at least it's not properly used to, to function as a, as a full system that supports their sales follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, in any of these situations, uh, Salesforce might be a good solution for you because we basically... Uh, make sure that that's going to work by automating a lot of the data inputs and then uh, making that useful by um, giving you a good overview, notifications, reminders, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Salesflare is mainly used by agencies, which means marketing agencies, software development companies, consultancies, and this, like service, service type companies. Mm-hmm. And um, by more like tech companies, um, both in, in startup stage and a bit bigger, like we have, uh, for instance, a, a rather large telco company also on our software. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that all works. And actually why we see these target groups most is because those are the ones that look slightly further than just typing CRM into Google. And then they actually look for something uh, that works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find out more about Salesforce, you can go to our site, it's salesflare.com, Flare with F-L-A-R-E. In the description um, as well. Excuse me? I, I, I said I'm going to leave a uh, link in the description as well, so you guys can check it out there as well. Yeah, yeah, you can you can check out the software. I, I mean, you can read about it, but you can also see it. Uh, if you just click to uh, sign up for trial, you don't even have to connect your emails to see it. It will give you a walkthrough. If you like it at the end, you can connect your emails, you get a whole onboarding and, and we're there to help. Um, but if you want to get in touch with me personally, uh, you can do that through, through LinkedIn. It's probably the best place. Uh, do not forget to add a personal message. Uh, otherwise, I will not know where you're coming from. You will disappear in a sea of spam. I probably have another thing, LinkedIn connection since launch. Uh, which are all spam. Uh, so if you include a personal message, I assure you I will see it, I will add you, and we can have a conversation. Super. Jeroen, thanks so much for your time today. Um, it was very insightful and very nice to meet you. Um, looking forward to catching up a bit later as well as, and following your journey as well. And uh, yeah, until next time, wishing you an amazing day, all the success, and looking forward to meeting soon. Thank you. This was fun. Same here. Cheers. Cheers.